Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum. By Short & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge, we're out to lunch with editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report, Stephanie Regal. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Nonprofit organizations make a huge impact in the community, and with decreased government funding for badly needed social services, nonprofits are more important than ever. But assessing need, figuring out how to make the most impact, and then raising money is a challenge. There are all sorts of ways to make it work, but you have to be creative and very determined. Joining me today is someone who is making a tremendous impact through the nonprofit organization she founded in 2007. She is Jennifer Maggio, and her organization is The Life of a Single Mom, which is based right here in Baton Rouge, and in just 10 years is one of the largest single mom support groups in the nation. Life of a Single Mom not only offers support to single mothers in the Baton Rouge community, it works to launch other support groups in cities around the country and acts as a go-to resource for all things single mom and single mom related. Since its founding a decade ago, Life of a Single Mom has launched 1,500 support groups and serves more than 50,000 single parents. Jennifer herself was once a single mom, so she knows the need firsthand and really has quite an incredible story to share. Jennifer, thanks for being with us today on Out to Lunch. Thank you so much for having me. Joining me and Jennifer today at the table is Sam Trevathan, Education Director of Kids Orchestra, a nonprofit that is making a huge impact in the lives of local children and helping to create a sense of community by giving them a musical education and an opportunity to participate in an orchestra. Kids Orchestra was founded in 2011 and in the seven years since has engaged thousands of Baton Rouge kids in grades K through 5 in an after-school immersive music program. In addition to music instruction, Kids Orchestra provides tutoring, homework help, and a healthy snack, and it produces concerts twice a year. Sam is originally from Kentucky, but came to Baton Rouge to go to graduate school at LSU, where he received his master's in fine arts and is currently completing his doctorate. Very impressive. Sam, welcome to Out to Lunch. Good afternoon. It's good to be here. Well, Jennifer, let's start with you. Your organization is is huge in scope now all across the country, even international. Your personal story is also quite impressive. Goes back to the 1990s when you yourself were struggling. Give us just a, a background synopsis of, of how you came to be here. Yeah, I, it's it's always interesting when I go somewhere and I'm sharing my story. I think uh, people perceive me as uh, Mary Poppins from suburbia that has never had anything to happen to a, to her. But um, truthfully, many of the statistics that we fight against with single mothers are things that I've walked through personally. So having been homeless and, um, and being a teen mom, and I actually had two children by the time I was 19 years old and uh, moved in the projects and lived on food stamps and welfare and and lived in the back of my car for a while and and so those those challenges that single moms are facing are things that I will never forget having faced myself and I think it's the thing that drives us every day. 
how did you manage to bootstrap yourself? I mean, I, I know determination is important, but how did you execute whatever it took to get you out of that cycle? Well, I would say this, there's, there's, that's a loaded question. Um, and there are, of course, many facets to the story. Uh, it did not happen overnight. Um, there were a lot of failures that took place. And I think that's important for people to know. Um, and I think the other thing is that uh, when I gave birth to my second child, I was 19 years old and I had her on a Friday. And I went back to work on a Monday. Wow. And if I didn't work, my kids didn't eat. It was that simple. There was no rich uncle. There was no uh, 401k program to borrow from. I mean, it was simply survival. And so part of the motivation was that um, that my children would be successful and that they would not um, suffer because of perhaps poor choices that I had made or things that had been done to me in my past. So that's probably the biggest driving factor. Now, I know that there's a ministry component to what you all do. Are you all a religious organization, or you just follow a Christian type of, you know, ethic? Yes. So uh, we're definitely a faith-based organization. Um, we certainly serve anyone from, from any background, regardless of religious. But um, that has been a huge catalyst to my own personal story, and I say very often that Probably my aha moment was when I was huddled on the bathroom floor in the middle of the projects and I was screaming out to a God that I was certain did not exist. Um, because if he did, how could he possibly have allowed the years of abuse and poverty and all the things that I'd gone through? Um, but I made a decision on that bathroom floor that I would get up and I would go to church the next morning. Uh, partly out of complete desperation. Um, and that decision changed my life. And the rest is kind of history. <laughs> wow. Well, we'll visit some more about the organization. But, Sam, I want to bring you into the conversation because Kids Orchestra is also a very impressive organization, just a few years old. And you all use a method called Il Sistema, which began in Venezuela in the 1970s, an immersive model that was really targeted to very low-income children. Absolutely. How does it work? And what is the, what is the model? So El Sistema was brought to the United States by um, a very well-known conductor with the L.A. Phil. His name is Gustavo Dudamel. Um, and I know that um, that reached a lot of people in many different communities across the United States, um, in particular here in Baton Rouge. Um, our founder, Nanette Nolan, was reached by this story um, when she was in church. And she loved the idea of providing equal opportunity and access um, to music education. And she saw that there was a gap that needed to be filled in our community. So she started the organization seven years ago, she said in 2011. Um, it began with roughly 40 kids um, being brought together from a couple different schools and in a couple years leaped to four or 500 kids from maybe 10 schools and now we're serving um, around 800 students a year and we're partnered with over 20 different schools. Wow. Um, kids are being bused in from all sorts of different parts of the city. Um, and that is a big part of the mission, is bringing community together, bringing um, students from different neighborhoods, families from different neighborhoods, not just so they're um, getting attention after school for music education, but as you mentioned, getting a healthy snack, um, they're getting some homework help, um, but it's all about synthesizing um, all of those things together to further what community can actually be here in Baton Rouge. Um, and. I saw how much Baton Rouge was growing when I first got to Baton Rouge, and I started in the organization as a teacher and saw that our community was growing. There's an effort to rebuild 
uh, re-energize what's happening here in Baton Rouge. And I believe that's what Kids Orchestra is really pushing to be a part of as well as growing the relationships here in our town. Is um, it mostly low-income children or is it exclusively low-income children? We, we serve a variety of families across Baton Rouge. Um, we do provide a lot of services uh, to the underserved families. Um, but we, you know, have kids from all different backgrounds, all different socioeconomic backgrounds are involved in the organization. It's all about access and opportunity to music education, um, and it's also growing of the child. Um, so the students are interacting socially with each other and with the teaching artists that we bring who are the professional premier musicians of Baton Rouge and the surrounding area. So they're not only getting access to great music education, but hanging out with great people after school so they can socialize and be kids and start to become young, productive members of our community here in Baton Rouge. And you are the musical education instructor. So you're in charge of teaching these kids. Basically. <laughs> I, well, I wish I was in charge of teaching all the kids, but I actually oversee all of the teaching okay. artists in the organization, so I'm responsible for hiring all those wonderful people that are out there serving us in the organization. And we have over 90 teaching artists in the organization. That's specifically for music education now. We have other staff that are responsible for academics as well. We actually have over 120 uh, staff members total that are working in the field on the sites and schools. So we're not actually only serving just the kids, but we're providing opportunities for young professionals to get work experience um, with young children if they're interested in education, mentorship, Fantastic. you name it. So we're also, you know, engaging with our community to provide more opportunities for work. It's amazing how fast it's grown, and, and the life of a single mom has grown so much, too, since you started it in 2007, Jennifer. And now you, you've, like, franchised, basically, all around the country. How did you grow what started out as a small nonprofit here in Baton Rouge? Well, so it started with three single moms in my living room. Okay. Um, and so that's really how small <laughs> it was. Is And, and the, the goal was simply that they would not feel alone, that they would know there was someone who had been there and done that and survived it. And Just I think a networking that's, group. Exactly. And I think that's true of all of us, that we want to feel like someone's been where we're going and that they survived it, whatever that journey is, um, whether it's cancer or, or um, you know, some type of educational path or wh- whatever the journey is. And, um, and so three single moms in about six months turned into 75 single moms. Wow. Uh, so obviously we quickly outgrew my home and I realized that this was probably bigger than I had initially thought. And um, I was still working full-time in corporate America and then working with single moms on the weekends and at night. And I was spending 80 to 90 hours a week trying to balance the two. <laughs> and uh, so eventually the need to form into a nonprofit was there. And the other thing that was happening was that other churches and community groups were calling me saying, hey, I heard you got this thing for single moms going. We'd like to duplicate something similar in our church or community. And um, so I started with a little PDF file that I would email out to people and um, phone consultations, and then it morphed into more of what we do today. Um, you know, so it's a little more formalized now, but they're not franchises. They're all independent support groups. Um, they're typically ran by the local church, wherever that's planted. Is it any kind of church? Is any it type of church. Um, no, so it's any type type of church and also it's important to kind of mention apartment complexes, homes. Um, We have one that's starting in Blue Cross Blue Shield this year. So there are definitely other people groups that are getting involved in this endeavor of serving single moms, but I would say approximately 90% are in some type of church environment. 
And and I have to ask you, because, I mean, single-parent families are, are challenged for whoever's the head of household. Is it only for moms, or could it be a single grandmother, or what about a single dad? Yes, so um, we predominantly work with single moms. We do have single grandmothers, and they are welcomed into any of our support groups. And we do have a portion that are single dad-centric. Um, we do recommend that they stay divided by gender simply because there's so many elements of um, co-mingling that can take place where moms are just maybe looking to enter into a relationship too soon or or just in general the way that men gather and the way women gather is very different. Um, sure. The way we communicate our needs are very different. Um, but I also, you know, it's interesting what Sam was saying earlier about this, um, about the different socioeconomic backgrounds that you guys reach with Kids Orchestra because I was thinking about the single moms we serve. And I think that there can sometimes be this a stereotype that all of the single moms are impoverished or maybe live in the inner city. And um, the truth is, is that we all know a single mom. Sure. And she may be a professional in the community who is financially doing very well, but perhaps emotionally or spiritually she's falling apart, or maybe she just needs some parenting tips and techniques, or maybe she just wants to fellowship with other women that are in a similar life season. And so uh, that makes us very unique that we serve a large scope of women. What are the services y'all provide besides just networking and getting together and that camaraderie? So the way that the support group is structured is very specific. Um, every single mom, regardless of her socioeconomic status or her arrival at single parenthood, will struggle at some point in her journey with parenting. Um, additionally, finances. What we found was it didn't matter if it was a single mom on government assistance or one who was a professional in the community. When you go from two incomes to one, it's hard. there's sure. challenges. And then the third component is our health and wellness piece. And so the gathering is about networking but it's also about what we teach while we're in the groups. And then we do things like free exercise classes and we do um, free fresh produce distribution and home improvement projects. And uh, we even have a new online university called Single Mom University that moms can access. Wow! So if you can imagine anything in relation to single moms, we probably have a component of that in one of our programs. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. We're talking to Jennifer Maggio of The Life of a Single Mom and Sam Trevathan of Kids Or. Orchestra. We'll be right back after this very short break. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. We're talking to Jennifer Maggio of The Life of a Single Mom and Sam Trevathan of Kids Orchestra. Now, I mean, to be able to offer so much, like your organization, Sam, fundraising is such an important component of this. Where do your resources come from? Well, for us, we, we do apply to a lot of grants every year. We're always looking for more uh, community partners. Um, what we were just hearing, uh, you know, about your organization, you know, just reminded me that uh, of our 21st Century Learning Center sites that we have, um, we serve um, a lot of our underserved families on the north side um, of Baton Rouge, in which we're providing services for the students for a day a week. So they're also, they're getting the normal dose sure. of music education from us, but they're also getting an academic component every day. Um, which, you know, is to service their needs from the schools um, for test prep, um, more academic enrichment. We're incorporating some STEAM. But part of the 21st Century Learning Centers is also providing services for the entire family. Wow. So one reason we provide services four days a week to 530 is we know that families are working longer days. They're working five days a week. 
maybe into the weekends as well. So we're providing a safe place for that student to be until the family is done working. And we're also looking for more opportunities to provide services for the family. So I'd be interested to talk with you after we get out there <laughs> on maybe how we could get you all involved because I'm sure that there might be a single mom in our organization somewhere that we don't know about. No question. Yeah, that I mean, it would be great. We might be able to partner and provide some services there. So, you know, we're looking for places to partner all the time, and we're finding one here right now that great I might synergies. be able to have a conversation with. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting you're talking about fundraising and, and really how do you fund the work. And I think for nonprofits, uh, particularly in the last 10 years, this evolution has been um, not just solely focused on individual donors, which obviously we are. Um, but beyond that, we're looking at creative ways to sustain. Um, one of the things we do is we sell curriculum. And um, most of the services we offer are free, but we have a couple of events that that are paid events that moms can opt to be involved in. And so it's a way for us to sustain the organization. And then um, uh, 100% of all of the sales of the books that I've written in the curriculum goes back to the organization. Um, and so those things are ways that we've tried to just not be completely dependent on the generosity of others, but be creative in ways that we can also uh, encourage single moms to be involved in their own improvement. Yeah. So for example, Single Mom University, there are scholarships available for moms who can't afford it, but there are also, there's a small fee so that the moms who can afford it can get those life skills, but they've put some type of investment into their future. Sure. And who offers the courses? I mean, I'm sure it's through an accredited university. University? Uh, no, so this is so single mom university is actually a life skills. I got you. Um, okay, it's not university, an actual... and so it's not an actual accredited university. But the cool thing about it is that there are partnerships that are evolving f with other accredited universities because we don't compete with them. And one of the things that every university um, wants to combat is the dropout rate. So whether it's um, a technical school or whether it's a four-year fully accredited university, the same challenges exist. Right. And the overwhelming majority majority are single parents who drop out because they can't balance all of the demands. So we come in, we provide life skills on how to uh, effectively manage time or some of those other things that are pertinent to their, their walk, and that um, they can earn three credit hours into one of our partnering, partnering mm -hmm. organizations or um, colleges. So it's kind of a, sure, a mix between sure. the two. And then you've written books also. Yes, so I've written four books. Wow. Um, the first book that I wrote um, is my life story. It's my autobiography. And I would have said, if you would have asked me 15 years ago if I was ever going to put out in public everything that I had gone through and, and some of the poor choices I've made, I would have laughed and absolutely not. Um, in fact, when I wrote the story, even some of my childhood friends did not know the extent of some of the things that I had been challenged with. But um, when I started that first single mom support group, what I saw was that there was a lot of um, material on the market that told moms how to do it that had not been there before. Mm -hmm. um, and from a Christian perspective, there was a lot on the market that cleaned up real well in a neat little bow. And nothing about my story cleans up into a nice package. And I felt like that that would resonate with the millions, the 15 million single moms that are out there sure. that arrived in a way that didn't clean up as pretty. Um, and so um, that book went on to be very successful, and then the, the other books birthed out of this need to have great curriculum to teach. That's fantastic. And, and how does Kids Orchestra fundraise, Sam? Are you all using more of a traditional model? I know you have some generous benefactors in this community that have Absolutely. really helped y'all. Have you figured out how to be <clears throat> self-sustaining? Well, we are continually working on that. Um, 
As was mentioned, we rely heavily on private donorship. We're always cultivating our community partners, um, but we're applying for lots of grants. As I just mentioned, our 21st century grant, we get yeah. through federal grant funding, um, but we are being very creative in the ways that we get yeah. funding as well. You know, we're looking for more community members to maybe fund specific events that might go directly to the child. We're looking for folks that might want to sponsor performances or scholarships for kids, um, even um, donations of instruments because we're providing you know services to over 800 kids. So we have a lot of instruments I in inventory. You, I bet you have a lot. And we need. need more every year because we have students knocking at our door. Do so are you able to take a child who really doesn't have any musical skill or background and and get them in the orchestra playing? Absolutely. So partly that's why we exist because yeah. music education is not a part of every child's um, school day. So as an after school organization, you know, that's where we're looking to fill those gaps is what is the student missing out on during the day? Um, and that was part of the original vision was to meet that need. So a bulk of our students during the school day are not getting music education um, through their school systems. Now there is a resurgence um, here in our community of music and music education. So we're excited to kind of see yeah, that great. change a little bit. Um, the school systems I know are looking to employ um, more folks for the fine arts areas and we hope to see that trend to continue to improve but until then we will still be here um, looking to service those kids after school um, with that music education component. Well let's take a break for a minute and ask a fun question. This is a part of the show that we call another great idea. So maybe you've got a friend who's always got a great idea for you. They tell you about a job to apply for or somebody you should have a cup of coffee with or a great investment opportunity and Maybe you can take this advice and it turns out to be a disaster. Maybe it turns out really well. Have you all ever had a situation like this and how did it turn out for you? There was a coach that I had in um, high school and he actually also was a pastor and he was the boys basketball coach, but he was such an encourager. And I was at a time, I was in high school and I was secretly pregnant. Nobody actually knew that I was. And he walked up to me in the hallway and, I, and this just, even today it'll move me to tears, but... He walked up to me and looked me in the eyes and he said, I want you to know that there's greatness in you and you're going to change the world. Now I walked away and I thought if he only knew that I was pregnant, if he only knew that, you know, all of the mistakes I'd made and really how broken and messed up I was, he would never have said that to me. But, and that was, you know, I didn't graduate yesterday, so it's been, it's been a little <laughs> while ago. And it was many years ago, but I remember him saying that to me. And it was a time in my life when very few people were encouraging me. And so um, for me, it was just a motivator that maybe he sees something in, in myself huge. that I don't see. So That is um, so special. Not specific advice, but encouragement. And we all need that. That's a great story. I had the opportunity through Louisiana State University, and my uh, professor asked me to join him. Um, with an ensemble going to New York to perform at Carnegie Hall. So it was one of those obvious, nice. like, I should say yes to this opportunity right here and now. So I did. Little did I know that as the youngest member of the group that was going to be performing, that I was going to be drawing the short straw for driving our equipment truck from oh, no. Baton Rouge, <laughs> Louisiana, to New York, into Manhattan. Oh. So myself and one of the uh, fellow graduates' assistants, we... Um, started off here in Baton Rouge. We had under 48 hours to make it from Baton Rouge to New York. So we drove. It turns out that our uh, the guy that was driving the truck with me, his name is Chris Hofer, he had family in New Jersey. So we drove to New Jersey. <laughs> we ended up with um, some of his family 
Um, and it all ties into Carnegie Hall music. Um, we ended up with a gentleman and his wife. His name is Frederick Slatkin. Okay. Um, now, the Slatkin family is a well-known um, string family um, mm-hmm. that has been performing uh, here in the United States for a long time. The most well-known, well-known son is Leonard Slatkin, the conductor, famed American conductor. This is his younger brother, um, oh, Fred, cool. who performs cello with the New York Ballet. We had no idea this was the household we were wandering into. Neat. Fred met us in the driveway with drinks because he knew we had been on the road for over two days. We stayed mm. there, and he talked um, the entire night about the entire family of the Slotkin family, their Russian-Jewish lineage, how they all came to the United States to be performers. Um, and it was just an amazing build-up to our performance the next day at Carnegie. Which was of course, brilliant, no doubt. Yes, but we ended up being well taken care of and had a great musical memory to That's share. That's a wonderful we story. Well, good stories, both of you. Tell me, are any other organizations doing what you all are doing here in Baton Rouge, across the country? I mean, are you it, life of a single, the life of a single mom? Yeah, I think that that's part of the reason we've grown so fast. Um, as with most nonprofits, we don't have a lot of marketing dollars, and so we are really contingent upon word of mouth and single moms getting really excited and telling other single moms about it. And that's that's it. This idea of starting a single mom support group. That, support groups are not new. Um, those those have been around for sure. years. But a single mom centric support group is new, and particularly in a church environment when the faith based community is not always running with open arms to embrace a mother who's had multiple children outside of marriage or maybe has gone through a divorce that the church didn't condone and so forth. And so we're really challenging the status quo when it comes to the faith-based community in general. Um, And I think that's why we've grown. The other thing is that single mom um, family is the fastest growing demographic in our nation. And so I think that it's, um, they have long been ignored and perhaps is the reason that the problem is so epidemic now. Mm-hmm. What about, I know the Baton Rouge Symphony has a, a wonderful Louisiana youth orchestra, but their mission is different. Absolutely. Um, and they don't they don't have like a real comprehensive program to build sure. community. They're wonderful little orchestras. Though. So I have a two-fold answer for you. So we have tons of brothers and sister organizations across the country that are El Sistema based or El Sistema inspired. Um, to know more about those organizations, all you need to do is go to El Sistema USA. Um, online and you can find those organizations they're all over the place we are the largest kindergarten through fifth grade organization in the country Um, from what I still understand we're still uh, kind of holding that number up Um, but the other side of that away from music after school organizations like ourselves there are so many out there Um, in Louisiana there are over 115,000 students enrolled in after school programming but there's another well over 200,000 students that are not able to be in after school programming. Um, I was recently elected to be the after school ambassador for Louisiana and we're working with a nonprofit out of DC called the After School Alliance. Um, And that is all about providing training not just to me but to um, organizations locally on how we can reach out to our community, um, our community leaders, as well as our um, politicians and lawmakers, the policymakers, to speak about what we are doing to try to get more attention to us and funding. So After School Alliance is a great organization. After School Alliance, that's great to know. Well, Sam Trevathan and Jennifer Maggio, you all are bringing so much to the community, to needy single moms, their families, and children throughout Baton Rouge. So you all are an inspiration. Thank you for all your hard work, and thank you for joining me on Out to Lunch. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Jennifer Maggio of The Life of a Single Mom and Sam Trevathan of Kids Orchestra. 
The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Murrell. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. You can see photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our It's Baton Rouge Facebook page. You can hear this show and past episodes of Out to Lunch wherever you get podcasts and at itsbatonrouge.la. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Business First Bank with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum. By Shuart & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Out to Lunch is recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily from 11 until 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitchell's music is available wherever great jazz is sold or streamed and at mitchellforeman.com. 